0: everyone and welcome to a gem of a secret podcast my name is donatella my secrets and my name is coco gem holiday how you doing tonight coco uh
1: so tonight i don't actually know why i was going, uh, like i don't like there's like a thing in front of
0: me um,
1: <laughs> like uh i feel like i'm pushing a
0: chair it's just vocal stalls i mean some of our listeners probably have like Noticed that we say like and um a lot when we're vocal stalling. (laughs) Because guess what? We don't have a plan for these episodes, really. Ever. Never really. We have a (laughs) subject. Yeah. I've also noticed that I've
1: started saying. In all reality, and in reality, I start saying that a lot, like, like we're not in reality. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's been driving, I've been noticing I've been doing this it in This is meetings, reality. So. <laughs> but in reality, it's like not. Because <laughs> we're idiots. Um, yeah, basically. So, oh, let's do this, let's do this now. Donna, what are you wearing this evening?
0: Well, because this is our rewind Re air episode. I'm actually dressed as a VHS tape that says, Be kind, uh-huh. rewind down the center of it.
1: I was really confused by that because yeah. I read it backwards and I thought I said, Would your wine your Oh, <laughs> it's your from
0: a plane. Yeah.
1: Um... <laughs> what about you, Coco? <laughs> um... So, I decided to um, do a costume made of hula hoops because when I thought about rewind, I thought about circles. And then because I'm basic, I thought about hula hoops. Yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah. It's really uncomfortable to sit in this. Yeah.
0: You look like a a beautiful planet right now. Thank you. She called me fat every day. You heard it here. You heard it here on a Gem of a Secret podcast. Uh, I didn't say that
1: (laughs) specifically, directly. No. So we wanted to rewind to an episode um, that we really enjoyed because we started doing a lot more interviews. And we wanted this episode to pick up a little bit more notice because it was in one of our earlier seasons Mm -hmm. um, where we did an interview. And it wasn't one of our first interviews, but it was a great interview regardless. Yeah. Yeah. And so we wanted to show that for each and every single one of you, our precious listeners.
0: Yeah, yeah, this guest was a firecracker and we just wanted to put more of a spotlight on her because she's a lot of fun and she's someone that I absolutely adore in the scene that is uber talented and we just wanted to once again highlight her.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and so we are going to play the episode in its entirety, um, so you're going to hear some repeats, and we, me and Donna get to listen to this episode and be like, oh gosh, we were so different back then.
0: Oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm such a changed person. Such a changed person. Uh, I can't, I can't believe it. Actually, from, The journey I've gone through.
1: From the, actually, when this episode was released, we have changed quite a bit. Quite a bit, like yeah. a lot has happened. I
0: don't go to bars, and I'm in school and work full time, so that's- different
1: um i have three jobs Um, (laughs) i have three jobs i am and just overwhelmed constantly but i'm taking a drag break in september Mm. so i'm excited for that that's needed sometimes yeah um so i guess at this
0: point i'll just ask donna how are you how are you doing this evening oh coco i will let you know after this brief commercial Dun-dun, Drag Race. Oop, we don't want to get sued for copyright, but you know what? I'm really in the mood to watch some Drag Race. Oh my gosh, let me tell you, there is a beautiful place to watch Drag Race
1: every week. Oh yeah? Yeah, at Local Lounge at 6 o'clock p.m. every Thursday, you can get a first look at Drag Race. Oh my gosh, and currently we're on All-Star Season 6? Yeah, All-Star Season 6 is premiering right now, and we have performances that happen throughout the show awesome yeah it's really cool you can buy drinks hang out with your friends and just get to experience some buffoolery happening at the bar some
0: buffoolery not even buffoonery it's your own made-up word (laughs) i know just like a queen from drag race
2: (laughs) yes catchphrase
0: what happens
1: after drag race after drag race it goes straight into drag queen karaoke Yes! So you can sing with your friends, get some cocktails, and party all night long. We have microphone condoms now that you can wear, but ah. masks are not required if you are fully
0: vaccinated. Fully vaccinated. I guess we'll see you there. Yep, see you there.
2: It's a podcast. Check it out. With Coco and Donna, tell the podcast. Check it out. Tune into What They Tell Your Podcast. Check with Coco and Donna Telepodcast.
0: Check it out. You know what, Coco? I'm pretty glad because despite the turmoil we have going on in the world, we have a special guest tonight. We have Kimber Shade. Hi, Kimber. How are you? Hiya. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, Kimber, we just learned while we were having our pre-screening here that your full drag name is Kimber K. Shade. hmm <laughs> Um, what wait, does
0: the K stand for? Do you
3: want to know what the K
0: stands for? Yes.
1: yes. Cunt. <laughs> Cunt with a K. I
3: love it. <laughs> Cunt with a K, honey, the cool one.
1: Yes. Um, so we're gonna. So just for our listeners and your fans and followers, we're gonna ask you a couple of questions about your history. Um, so let's start off with. Please give us a brief history of you as a drag artist for you know our fans and your fans and everybody's listeners.
3: Okay, so it all started in 2010. The Portland drag scene was dry, and then I showed up. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. So I don't know if you guys know Kimberly Westwood. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. She was an empress, one of the best empresses. Uh, She was even voted empress of the decade. Um, She came to me about 10 years ago, and she was on a softball team, and they had to have a fundraiser at CC's. And she was like, girl, we got to get in drag, and we got to do this. And I was like, "Uh, but if we do drag, we'll never get boyfriends. Will never be cool because at that time, like there was only like a certain type of drag queen, and they weren't like this is pre RuPaul's Drag Race, mm-hmm. this is pre YouTube, you know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, so yeah, I-, I had a lot of like insecurities about that, but it was the Lady Gaga time. I was a little monster, um, mm-hmm. you know. I felt it. So she convinced me. We learned the telephone dance with Beyonce and Lady Gaga. I saw that that. video,
0: yeah. Girl, let me tell you, girl. Let me tell
3: you, girl. (laughs) We got backup dancers. And at the time, nobody was giving backup dancers. Nobody was giving choreography. It wasn't being done. People Mm -hmm. were walking around back and forth, hitting their three points, not breaking the third wall, all of that.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
3: (laughs) So then enter these two twinks who have been, like, we had just turned 21 in... Uh, uh, at the time his name was Boom Boom uh, mm-hmm. turned 21 in January and I turned 21 in February so we became really close friends because um, we were the only 21 year olds at the time so then fast forward to April he's like let's get in drag Lady Gaga telephone came out and they hadn't put a video out yet so I was mm-hmm. like let's do it and this is right when YouTube was getting pretty hot um, so we practice 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 we did the performance and We shut it down. Now let me say this: Being a drag queen for ten years, I look at that video and I cringe. (laughs) And I'm like, Mm "Girl, you couldn't even five, six, seven, eight. I was all off. I didn't even. I know how to like fling my hair and look cute. Oh my god, it's a mess. But that video got, I think it's like four hundred and something thousand views. Damn. That's what started, in my opinion. The breath of the new generation of Portland. Yeah, we had wow. had Queen Jinx Monsoon is from here, but she also faced bullying and she faced a lot of hard times here, and so she left and didn't even claim Portland.
2: Yeah, right, yeah, right.
3: So I believe that video kind of made it okay in a way for boys like me who were feminine, mm-hmm. known to be a drag queen and to really express themselves in the way that they wanted to. So me and Kim Chi at the time, now she's Kimberly Westwood, mm-hmm. um, we're drag queens. And then after us popped up all of the new scene. Um, yeah. it, and if you notice, there's, there's an age gap. So there's me and Kimberly Westwood, and then there's nobody really in between us and the 40 year olds. And that's because of, the, of, of it wasn't cool to be a drag queen. Yeah. So that was the story then. That was ten years ago. Over the time, I put in a lot of work. For me, I, I like to. T- I'm positive about everything that I do, right? So I think about the the silver lining. But I'm not gonna lie, it was hard um, growing up as a drag queen in Portland and being black because there's only a certain amount of jobs for a black girl here, and we have a certain amount of black girls here, right? Mm-hmm. So being the new girl coming in, um, I faced a lot of hatred. It's also because we did breakthrough like we did something that the other girls weren't able to we we went viral, and nobody else did that around here so you got to think about that animosity going into the bar too and then if you know me and Kimberly Westwood we don't give a fuck what anybody else thinks yeah so you put that in passive Portland and then it's like
0: yeah I saw that video and it was a fabulous debut so yeah thank you so much <laughs> yeah had,
3: I mean I've had even crazier times Delano came here um During Gay Pride one time, and I climbed on stage and made out with her uh, in drag. Mm. Um, Yeah, it was it was a whole moment. Like, she she actually pulled us up on stage, which we couldn't believe because it was like a thousand people there. She pulled us up on stage, and my friend was like, "What do we do?" I was like, "We fucking dance!" Like, hello. And then it's like it's a part in the song where she pulls somebody else up and she makes out with them. And being Kimber cunt like I am. I walked up and pushed the guy that she was making out with, and I kai kai with her on stage.
0: Nice. That's awesome.
3: You gotta get it done, honey. Don't let nobody stop you from your dream. Okay.
0: I dig that. I love that. I love that <laughs> so much.
3: So then, fast forward, my drag daughter Flawless came onto the scene, and for me, as a drag mother, i I like to be a producer, and I like to give that's who i am so it's not about being on stage for me but if i can spark that in somebody else and i can make them kind of be the vessel and speak what i want not what i want but like speak and speak for themselves i love that more than me being on stage so Mm -hmm. um flawless shade she walked in i was hosting at silverado's for um halloween and she walked in and you know flawless she's very very tall and she had on a shake and go blonde wig that was all wet and it might have been wet but it looked all wet (laughs) um she was with her friend and i had a costume contest and i was like get up here and her and her friend uh we call them banshee queens Mm y'all do y'all know what that is yeah yeah girls girls. (laughs) Um, they got up there and they acted like they owned the room they did not win the costume (laughs) contest but afterwards, I went up to Flawless, and I was like, whatever you need. If you're, if you're serious about this, whatever you need, I will give it to you.
0: Mm-hmm. That night, mm-hmm.
3: I got off of work at like 2.30 in the morning. That night, I went over to Flawless's house, and I painted her face. And I, sh- and I gave her half of my makeup. And I said, I know yeah. that you're going to yeah. be somebody amazing. If you put the energy and the effort into this, you're going to be somebody amazing. I-, I gave her the tools. She put in the work. Flawless mm-hmm. did not stop until she became the best at what she does. And I had a part in that you yeah. know what i mean so that means more to me than me doing it and me being on the stage because that to me sometimes is selfish but when i can look and say i helped that girl do it that makes me feel really re- like i'm here and i have a legacy
1: you yeah. know dang you are um, your own legacy don't don't even yeah sell yourself short and the sad thing is and let me just admit this for our listeners i met kimber um i met kimber because uh of some bs racist crap that was happening in the community yeah. um, and then there was just this person named kimber who showed up being vocal and correct and being honest and whatever and that's the first time i talked to kimber now i met kimber when flawless was going to adopt a drag baby at a flawless show called legacy mm-hmm. um and then like i passed this person who just looks stunning And I was like, oh, I was like, you must be this drag mama. She's like, yeah, girl. And she, like, flipped her hair at me. I'm like, who is this girl? I was like, outside of the fact that she's stunning. (laughs) I was like, I'm too intimidated to talk to her. I was like, I will meet her later. (laughs) Well,
3: ditto, because the only thing that I knew about you is you was on Camp Wanakiki. And I was like, oh, shit, I didn't even know about Camp Wanakiki. They didn't call me, girl. (laughs) Um, but then you know you have you again you have this presence and I think Donatella you were there that night as well I don't Mm -hmm. know if you were a special guest or whatever yeah I love 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 drag and I'm that banshee girl that's in the back using my siren to scream for you girls and I love the fact that you guys are so powerful you came in and you had a viewpoint and I still remember your first performances there at Legacy so Mm -hmm.
1: big ups to you all Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. So let me ask my second question. It's just real quick. Like, let's mm-hmm. do what venues do you support the most or like performing
0: in? Yeah. Past and present. Yeah. Um,
3: I, I really enjoy any venues that support me. So I'm, I'm a creative thinker. I've always been a creative problem solver. Um, I've won awards for that, um, national awards. And mm. so any bar that can come to me with a problem and say, solve it, I'll do it. So one of my favorite bars ever, 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 always, always, always will be Silverado's. Um, The reason being is because during my sweetheart year, I went into them and I was like, I want to win. And so I'm the sweetheart 27. And when I put my name in for the application, I almost didn't even make it through. Mm -hmm. Nobody believed in me. And it came down to one vote. And I had never done a pageant before. And people just didn't think that I was capable of raising money. Um and of course I came through and swept their asses. But that's besides <laughs> the point. That's besides the point. Um if I'm ever in something bad on her, I will always tell you that or else you're gonna lose your money. Um when I was a sweetheart, they were the only bar that like really like take the the manager came aside and was like, Okay, I see that you're running. If you come in here every night, I will support you. And then if during your year, if you'll just like have an event here, I'll I'll just like I'll support you. And Dang. that was the only It wasn't the only venue because I did have some contacts at CC's, like Bolivia. Um, But it wasn't, like, Bolivia is an entity inside of CC's. It wasn't CC's itself, right? Silverado's Mm -hmm. itself said, Kimber is our queen. And it takes a lot for a bar to stake a Black girl. And they did it.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, And I won. And then, so, after I won, um, I had Kimber's Power Hour. It, it might sound familiar to you. Um,
2: <laughs> it was
3: a Friday party that happened from 9 until 11. And it was kind of like um, a pre-funk to everything that was going on. I wanted people to come to my show. The Queens did one number. It was their power number. No ballads.
2: <laughs> okay no value.
3: they showed out and then they got to take their friends and their crowd to whatever bar that they wanted to go so it was my way of like not only raising money for the community but bringing the community back together because everybody thinks we're clicks mm-hmm. and then dispersing them ab- about so it was a really great moment um
0: that's a really good format for a show too just yeah i want to give so, you props there
3: <laughs> thank you it lasted for 11 months We raised $1,000 each show, so that was $11,000. Silverado's also matched the door cover, which got donated. So that's also Mm -hmm. like, they took care of me and they made sure that they um, made a statement with the sweethearts as well. So I just absolutely love that. And not only that, I was the sweetheart five years ago and I can walk in there and they still respect me as that person that, you know, was loyal. I have to put in there that this is a, around this time when I became the sweetheart was also when Stag opened and nobody was like really going to Silverado's anymore. Mm-hmm. So mm. to do an event, raise that much money, it, it was just, it was a powerful moment and, you know, loved it. So yeah. Silverado's, love them. Um, of course, I love CeCe's because, I mean, that's just where drag ends and begins, right? In Portland.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: the former Embers, um, there were many times when I was so broke that I had to pay my light bill and I would go and beg the hostess to let me perform. And they would be like, okay, but you got to do six numbers. Dang. And on my sixth number, the audience, there would be no audience. And I would be like, okay, well, can I just get my check? And they would be like, no, we paid for six.
1: I've heard that. I've heard that um, from everybody. Yeah. yeah. Dang. And
3: performing. let me tell you this. And let me tell you this. My sixth number was, and I'm telling you.
2: <laughs> and I let
3: them fucking have it
2: every single Damn. time but Damn. shout
3: out to Embers though because again even though they you know it wasn't always easy they still gave me the shot so
2: mm-hmm. you
3: know we live in a new day and age Portland has changed a lot in 10 years right so the things that the girls had to put up with 10 years ago absolutely they wouldn't do now but yeah. we had to do those things so that we could get here
1: yeah. Agreed. That makes yeah. Sense. yeah so um, we're gonna get into the um, hard, hard, and heavy hitting questions. Okay. Um, let's do a brief. I love like, your heavy
3: hitting questions, Coco. You like to come at me, girl. Yes, sure <laughs> do, bitch.
1: Sure do, left and right. Um. So, brief trigger warning for our listeners and our fans. Um. We are going to be talking about heavy hitting subjects about race. Uh. So be prepared for that. But hopefully it'll be educational. If you tune out now, you are racist. We've all decided. It's um, decided. It's yes. decided. It's <laughs> law. Actually,
2: it's law. It's
1: law right now. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Um. So, just a trigger warning for that. that Wait, we're, really
3: quick. Can we say his name?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, George yes. Floyd. Jo- yeah, I was like, George Floyd, yeah, George yeah. Floyd. I was like, yeah, of course we can say his name, girl. We can say whatever we want on the podcast. Um, but, but, yeah, so... Um, it is. So, this first question, and actually, just for those of you who might be living in a box right now, um, George Floyd is a unarmed black man who was a victim of police brutality and they eventually lost their life. There are two conflicting stories, but most stories end up with it being, um, what happened to him um, led to the ending of his life, Mm -hmm. Uh, regardless if it was the knee on the back or complications from the knee on the back. So um, just let's be clear about that. And it has sparked nationwide outrage, protests, marches, everything. So uh, could you share your stories or experiences in Portland's drag community over the years has the scene changed, and has it become more diverse or less diverse?
3: So, yeah, we we kind of got into that a little bit earlier. I would definitely yeah. say it's become more diverse. Um, there's a lot more girls on the scene. There's a lot of different flavors. Um, you have East Side, West Side. You have mm-hmm. Alternative, Glam. Um, before, it was just, you're either glam or you're not accepted. <laughs> you, you were glam or you were not getting on the stage. Yeah. You... So I mean, I don't know if you guys know me, but I look I'm I'm like, you know, that girl. And I would fight with every show host about wearing tights because I'm like, look at these fucking legs. Like <laughs> you're not about to tell me <laughs> put on some goddamn tights. Like and so I would get the um the new color fishnets mm-hmm. that doesn't mm-hmm. look like you have anything on.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And they would
3: be so hot. But I would pull it and be like, Yep. See, it's right there, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> um,
3: and they would use and they would use words like, "Well, it's not professional."
2: Mm. Uh, you
3: understand, it's yeah. not professional what you're doing, so we need you to do it this way. And that doesn't fly in Portland anymore. Um, Portland yeah. accepts any type of crazy, kooky, cacao, you know, Looney Tunes, whatever you dream it. Portland's like, "Hey, let's put it on stage. Let's give them all a chance." Which also kind of has an adverse effect on you know, the culture, it but, does. you know what I mean? And no disrespect yeah. to anybody that wants to be a drag queen, we love you, but you know, there's a place and a time and there's people that are paying in the audience to see uh, t- uh, entertainment, right? So
2: yeah.
3: you gotta, if you're not ready to entertain, which means you're going to break through the third wall, you're going to look people in the face, you're going to know your words, you're going to dance yeah. a little bit. You know what I mean? Like you're going to have gowns, outfits. These are mm-hmm. things that it's not a, a hit. Like you can have alternative drag and wear garbage. Yeah. But it's got to be put together. You can wear right. garbage
0: well. Yeah. Right. That's... And,
3: I, and I literally, I don't mean like what you're wearing is garbage. I literally mean you can wear trash out of the garbage mm-hmm. and make it look
0: good. Uh, exactly. Yeah. It's all about how you style things. It's about mm-hmm. your eye for fashion and it's not mm-hmm. really even about having resources. It's about being smart with your drag. Um, right. Even even if you don't have all of the money in the world to right. like, build up this big costumery. Right. You know?
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, I'm a, Look at me. I got my background right here. I'm, I'm a crafty queen. I'll, I'll yeah. take some shit and make it. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I think that Portland is more ex- more accepting now. They're more like open. Now that we've seen queens like Who just Evie. Uh,
1: Evie. Yeah. Or, oh,
3: Evie. Oh, Evie. Evie.
2: Yeah.
3: Uh, but well, now we're back to Glamour with um, Jada Essence Hall. But before that, we had Evie and then uh, Sharon Needles, all of those things. Portland has always been weird, but. It wasn't okay, and then when you had those kind of icons that did it, mm-hmm. it made it like okay, great. Now we're going to be more accepting of these kind of crazy queens, and that's when you had the resurgence of Blow Pony and the East Side Events, where it was like
1: super, super different. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: So we've noticed you being very vocal online in regards to what happened with George Floyd, um, as Mm -hmm. we just mentioned him right before this segment. Um, What is driving you or pushing you to be so vocal? Do you feel like you're making a difference outside of the obvious goals? What are you hoping to accomplish on a local level?
3: Um, I would say go back and check the record. I've been Mm -hmm. this vocal for 10 years. Look at my Facebook. I've been saying things. I've been speaking out. I've been calling people out. I've been calling establishments out. Yeah. before 2 weeks ago before george floyd i was looked at as problematic now you're looking at me as a as the person who with the with the light and
1: the voice mm-hmm. so you yeah, know I, really I, quickly actually it's funny how people keep talking about how um like you've become like such a community leader um and i'm like cuz i have seen your posts, especially ever since everything happened uh you know a few months ago between you know the the i yeah. yeah. And so like, and I'm like, oh, yeah, but she's always been vocal. But it's interesting how the stuff that you're saying now, you're like, oh, yeah, look at these new community leaders popping up. Yeah. <laughs> so, isn't, that, isn't that
3: something? Isn't that something? But let's go back. What do they label me as? The loud black girl. Yeah.
1: yeah. The angry black woman. The Right. The, the person I who speaks too like- loudly.
3: Right. I've literally had people say, I don't understand. I, d- I just don't even understand you because I just shut you off when you, as soon as you get loud. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I just don't get that because we're at a drag show. Why are right. you not cheering?
2: Yeah. Right. Why are you
3: not screaming for your drag daughter who's on stage? That's what people can't take. I have yeah. authenticity. My drag daughter's hitting the stage and I'm going to out scream everybody, bitch. Yeah. All right. You mad? Yeah. That's my drag daughter, honey. Mm -hmm. step up or step out. But even going on, even into the issues, I've had conversations lately with people and they're like, you know, just the way that you communicate. So that's why I have specifically over the last couple of weeks in person with people, I try to take it down a notch because I understand that they do not get that. They don't get that I'm from a different place. I'm from North New Jersey, honey, and we give it to you straight. We we punch you in the face with it and then we keep it moving. You got a booger in your nose? I'm going to say you got a booger and then I'm going (laughs) to i'm gonna give you a tissue and then i'm gonna keep it moving
2: yeah yeah so
3: cool but you got a booker
0: in your nose you know what i mean (laughs) definitely and then you know the funny thing
1: about this too is that the loudness and the vocalness um that people have been talking about because i've even noticed now like so four days ago mama would like everything i said on the internet it's like viral share a thousand times And then, like, I made another little woke post just a few, like, probably, like, earlier a couple hours ago, and, like, it didn't didn't have anywhere near as many likes or shares. And, like, and I know that people are getting burnt out on hearing the message and having the conversations, and I'm starting to see it again, like, because I'm an activist, you know, to where, you know, white folks felt like they've done enough, kind of, to a degree. And, like, so they're starting to get, like, you know, back into their routines, they're Like, even though the marches are still cute, um, Mm -hmm. I'm noticing the online stuff people are starting Mm -hmm. to like.
0: Yeah, and let me just say, white folks, you've never done enough. You need to keep doing more.
3: (laughs) So, So honestly, like you were saying, that's why it wants me, it pushes me to do more. And so anytime that I see a message, and excuse me if I haven't, Um, amplified your messages lately, Coco. But anytime I see a message that needs to be said, i.e. anything Courtney Capri-Dove is saying, I try to um, also mirror that because it's really important that we speak as a unified voice. Um, Mm -hmm. They can't be hearing too many problems at once, right? So we all have to kind of like give it to them all. You know what I mean? Like yesterday we attacked the fact that none of the gay bars gave us any attention great now all of them have now what's our new thing and that's how we get to have change because we have to break it off in bits and pieces we can't just give the white people all of this problem because then they get too scared and defensive and oh it's not me and oh all cops are good but i don't want to hear that let's Mm -hmm. break it off into pieces okay becky today this is what you did great let's Mm -hmm. fix that tomorrow this is what we need you know what i mean and i think that that's how we accomplish the the bigger we solved the bigger problem, in my opinion, so. Yeah,
1: and I agree with that. And actually, to go apart with this whole, that same question, like, what are we hoping to accomplish accomplish on a local level? I wanted to touch base on that, actually. We didn't actually speak about this before we started Mm -hmm. recording. But that conversation about the bars and stuff like that, um, I had noticed, and I've noticed in every city I've performed in, there is a little bit of a tokenism, but it's more so drag show producers trying to be like, well, I do want to make sure I have people of color, like a plethora of diversity in my shows to give people and artists their opportunity. But what I've been noticing is about show producers here is it is first come, first serve, I guess. Mm -hmm. You know, people got to ask for the gigs and like they get booked out and whatever. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't see that favoritism, but I guess I'll go ahead and out myself here by saying I'd actually like to see a little bit more favoritism, like, like, First come, first serve is great, especially if it's like first come, first serve with people who've been doing it for a few years. Mm-hmm. Right. But maybe reserve that spot, you know, like... Coco, Coco, ask me why people. I
3: don't do shows here.
1: Um, <clears throat> <clears throat> excuse me. Kimber K-Shade. <laughs> why don't you do shows here?
3: Yeah, let me remind you this K stands for cunt. I don't, <laughs> do they, I don't do shows here because they don't appreciate my artwork, right? Mm. So... I've been up to Seattle for the last five years. New Year's, Fourth of July, Gay Pride, Halloween. They 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 pay for my travel. They've given me hotel. They they give me a very large paycheck. Mm-hmm. I host. They give me a free uh, drink tab. You know how much the bitch drinks? Um, yes, all she these does. Things, and I can't even get that in my home city.
1: Yeah. yeah.
3: What does that tell you? I w- like you said, I would like to see some spots reserved for those girls who... Who has something to say? I don't always need to be on stage and I don't always need to be like bucking and twirling, but when I have a number that I know is gonna rock the party, let me in. Don't don't say, well girl, you haven't been here and you haven't, da, da, da. Check the resume. Because like I said, back in 2010, none of these bitches existed. Mm -hmm. And I I have to be real with you on that. And I have to be real when I say that, like, I'm not trying to be entitled. I'm not trying to be any of that. But if it comes down to it, there is nobody, in my opinion, that does what I do, right? So I should be able to, to have that moment. But they keep picking the girls that are their friends or the girls that they're like, they know, or I'm trying not to mention any names,
2: <laughs> or,
3: or the girls that do the drugs with them, or right. you know what I mean? Like, it's not about talent. Make it about yeah. talent and then let's see what happens.
1: Right. And I know it's about, like, I, I agree. I agree with all of that. So what, what are some, like, so just real briefly, so what are some things you're hoping to accomplish on a local level?
3: Okay, so I'm not just loud for no reason, right? So the other night, <laughs> right, the other night let, let's go back. So the other day, I was feeling, I had FOMO because I saw this digital drag fest happening. And I was like, I looked at the roster and I was like, this isn't fair. Like, it's all of the Darcells girls and maybe like a couple other people that it always is. And I understand that they're reliable. They're capable. They're great. They got great fashions. They're talented. They're all of those things. But you mean to tell me that that is the story of Portland? That's Mm. the old story of Portland. Because Bougie Cherry could outperform any of those. Yeah. Right. Bougie Cherry can get the crowd on their feet more than any of those people can. You know what I mean? And she wasn't even asked. This isn't about me. This is about the girls who have talent, and we're not even giving them the respect to offer them the job, right? So I created my own um, digital drag fest, and this was kind of like before the movement started happening and then during the movement. So what do I want on a local level? I wanted more attention. I wanted more visibility, and... I started creating this drag um, fest and I feel like I'm starting to get that now because people are seeing what they've been doing wrong. Right. Right. They're seeing that. Wow. Like every time I ask Henry for a solution, he gives it to me and it's actually a really good one. Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed the reformation in the ISRC, but that's because I've been having conversations with them and going behind and saying, wait, like, I think think people people
0: have noticed people have noticed and, and yeah, they're definitely talking about it. And I think you're doing some great things with that.
3: And it's not only me, there's other people. Flawless, okay, so there's different people who play different positions. Yeah. Coco's very eloquent. Flawless is the mouthpiece. I'm the, okay, I'm gonna stay back behind. And then we can all trade off and we can all be the different piece as when we need to be, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what scares them. It's because yeah. they can't figure us out. You know what I mean? They're mm-hmm. like, bitch, you was just in here loud and now you're soft. And-. Mm-hmm. But that's how we have to break through because we have to talk, speak to them on a level that they understand, right? Like, Mm-hmm. and I think that it's starting to work if we look if we turn around right now and we look at the last six months of the ISRC girl we have the night of Portland
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, I just had a conversation with Monica the president tonight and um, on the 7th they're, have a di- they're having a diversity training um, they've paid for a trans inclusion training with for up to 150 people like these are things that are coming and I asked for we asked for everyone asks for.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so for our listeners, ISRC is the Imperial Sovereign Rose Court. Mm-hmm. They're the court system here in Portland. They also hold the gay Oregon title. They have, um, a bunch of other titles that they have in there. They have emperor and empress. Um, you know, they have a full of board. Portland, debutante. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a bunch of titles that people have to run for and they raise money for and things like that. So these are some huge titles. Um, I know in other States, um, their court systems don't usually have those titles, like usually it's a separate organization that runs those pageants, but so this organization has these like, you know, obviously statewide titles, um, Mm -hmm. and they've had some problematic behaviors over the last few months, and so what me and Kimber and Donatella are talking about right now is some of the reforms that are happening that we've pushed in meetings that we've attended um, virtually, you know, trying to have these dialogues with these people about, you know, making changes, and I've seen some success. I've seen some pushback. I've seen some Mm -hmm. hurt feelings. I've seen Mm -hmm. some slander and I've seen some praise Mm -hmm. across the board. And Kimber has done a great job because I've listened in on the meetings and sometimes I don't even talk. Like I actually was at the last meeting, uh, not the one recently, but the one before last. And yeah, I just listened pretty much the entire time. And I remember Kimber came on and just asked some really hard, direct questions that she expected answers on. And I was girl, like, girl, I hit gosh. them with the
3: mission and the vision statement. And you mm-hmm. know why I did that, Coco? Mm-hmm. It's because of you. you mm-hmm. I'm going to say it again. You have this eloquent way of speaking. And, and I noticed that at that first meeting. That changed my whole world. When I saw that they listened to the way that you spoke, because remember, we were both at the same meeting, and I came yeah. in hot and, fuck that, Amanda, <laughs> how many black people? And and then I watched and I saw that they listened to you. And did you see my energy at the second meeting? Yeah. Very different. My statement was, if you don't change it, I'm not coming back.
1: Right. And I right? super and, agree with that.
3: Right. And so what do I want to see on a local level? I want to see us, us black people learn from each other as well. Yeah. Please let's unify. No, we are not. We are all different and we are all beautiful in our own right. Like, mm-hmm. I've been able to open up to a lot of um, my Black family here in Portland, Oregon over the last week. And I've been able to share some things with them that they don't even understand, they didn't even know about me. One of the big things, excuse me, one of the big things here is that I've been called whitewashed several times by the Black folk here. Mm -hmm. And if you heard my backstory and who my family is and what we've done, to hear anybody say that to me is like, it's nuts. And it was a long time that I let it go because I wanted to be accepted by those Black people. No right. more. No more. Have you heard? New Black City is taking over. I don't know if you've heard of these girls. Coco, Flawless, Rogue Safari, Kimber Shade, Courtney Capri Dove. We're these girls that we're speaking loud and changes are happening. If you're, I'm going to say it again. If you're resting on your laurels, you're the problem. I won't say names this time because you already know.
1: I'm feeling all fired up. I'm like, let's go hit <laughs> the street. <laughs> you know Screw like no, this podcast.
3: I'm just sitting here in a room by myself, and I'm like, yeah, I am mad about that, actually.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and oh, it's it's a- crazy
3: because even when I get mad and I want to say names and I want to speak my mind, I still have to hold back because this is the city that we live in, and those people have power moves, and they can make power plays, and they can shut me off.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's
3: the reality of it.
0: Yeah,
1: I agree with that. So, so I want to know what are the obligations? What do you feel are the obligations of queer entertainers during a time like this, um, you know, to the community? What are their obligations to the community right now um, with everything that's going on?
3: Stand up, act up, fight back. If you're doing anything else, you're taking up space.
1: Being
3: Being a drag queen is not about looking pretty. And, and having the best fashions. Being a drag queen is about making a statement and, and taking up for the underdog. Definitely. So if you're not doing that and all you're doing is TikTok videos, you're the problem. Yeah. yeah. You're the problem. Social media right now is hot and we can take advantage of this and we can change the world. And if you're too busy about your lip gloss, even though I have lip gloss on right now, <laughs> if you're too busy about your lip gloss and looking cute on a lip sync, you're the problem. So step aside sis, and let the, let the new girls take over.
1: Agreed. I I agree with that. Like I want to beat my mug and go march in these streets. Like yeah. <laughs> the <that> <laughs> right. So empowered. Um, it's very,
0: I don't know, you just have a really great energy that helps energ- energize people during a time like this. Yeah, I do feel so. very energized by your words, and I have been feeling energized
1: by what you said online, yeah. what I've Bitto, heard you sis, say in these Bitto, meetings, Bitto. And like even watching your live. Um Kimber had some great live um, you know, showing the peaceful protests and whatever. Yeah. And I say peaceful protest not in the sense that i think that rioting is necessarily horrible it's just the protest was peaceful like so i'm we just going to say like along. it is yeah it, I,
3: you know and i also agree i also agree mm-hmm. you know i and i meet that very clear in my in my lives if you're caring more about the buildings than lives then you're the problem um Ch- but also Rude. it's really important watch what the media is showing you they're only showing you the flashbangs and the fireworks
0: yeah what about right. the people
3: what about the thousands of people that are laying down on a bridge Mm-hmm. In solidarity.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Agreed. Honestly, there's a lot of videos just on social media platforms alone that are contradicting everything that the mainstream media is putting out there.
3: So I have a background in journalism and this is one of the only time well, this is a new time in history where this is actually happening, where what we trust as journalism is actually getting trumped by the people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yep.
1: Agreed. So um you
3: know, don't can you edit that out? Don't let me say trumped.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes we can edit it out beep it let out me... beep it out <laughs> yes we'll beep it out we'll beep it out so since we're like now we're at our time what is just okay. like some quick phrase or whatever or something that you would like to say you know just a closing out for your friends fans followers and our listeners about kimber shade
3: really quick pressure makes diamonds when they don't let you through the door build your own and you'll be fine
1: Dang, yes. So go ahead and tell all the fans your um, social medias to where they can find you and follow you.
3: Yeah. Oh, my God, girl. I just became a licensed makeup artist and esthetician. You could find me at Made Up by Henry um, on Instagram, <laughs> <laughs> Henry Felton on Facebook, and if you are nasty, um, House of Plastic on Twitter.
0: Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for being our guest uh, on this episode, Kimber. We really did Literally enjoy it
3: let me just say this thank you so much for having a platform that speaks you guys are doing the work thank Appreciate you Appreciate
0: thank you it's really kind it's important during this time that we use it to talk about the important things and mm-hmm. you know having mm-hmm. you on here is definitely mm-hmm. what we needed for this mm-hmm. week.
3: and coco i see you my my drag family versus yours whenever you're ready let's go
0: i've been
1: doing bitch i'm ready yeah so thank you so much for coming on today this has been absolutely fantastic Um, so, uh, since this is going to be the end of our video,
0: so, uh, Donna, where can they find us? You can find us at a gem of a secret podcast.com. That's a gem of a secret podcast.com for exclusive content. Yeah. So I'm Coco Jim holiday and I'm Donna. Tell my secrets. Thanks everybody.
2: This has been another episode of a gem of a secret podcast. The hosts of a gem of a secret podcast are Donna, tell my secrets and Coco Jim holiday. You may follow Donatella My Secrets at Donatella underscore My Secrets on Instagram. You may follow Coco Jim Holiday at Coco Jim Holiday on Instagram. Original music by Touche Douche and Party Favors. You can follow them respectively at The Touche Douche and at Party Favors Music on Instagram. For more exclusive content, visit www.agemofthesecretpodcast.com. That is. A-J-E-M of a secret podcast dot com. Be sure to tune in every week on Thursday for a new episode wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any comments or questions, email us at a gem of a secret pod at gmail dot com. Please don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe. Until next time, goodbye.